Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Joining us today is founder and CEO of Omius, Gustavo Cadena. Now, for those of you who uh, are not familiar with Omius, they had a, a really interesting breakthrough launch, I would say, at um, uh, the 2019 edition of the Kona Ironman World Championship. And we talked about their product a little bit when we did our recap show of the race, um, well, would have been in October or November of uh, what is now last year. And uh, uh, as uh, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that uh, Andrew and I take a very active interest in anything that has to do with thermal dynamics, uh, especially the roles that they play in um, uh, in athletic performance. And uh, this was a really innovative way to go about uh, cooling an athlete, specifically on the run. So uh, I'm going to say thank you very much to Gustavo for agreeing to come, in, to come on the show. And uh, I'm going to ask him to introduce himself, uh, give us a little bit of a history of, well, his own history and then the history of Omias. Gustavo, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks a lot for, for having me. I'm Gustavo Cadena. I'm the founder of Omius. I'm also the, the CEO and, and CDO. And so, what, Gustavo, what's your, uh, you know, your educational background or your, your work history? How did you find yourself interested in a product that's really serving a very niche, um, niche need in the endurance sport industry? So, yeah, I'm, uh, I studied physics engineer. And uh, after that, I did a, a master, kind of like a master degree in, in energy. I spent two years in, in France. And, uh, like... The, the way I, I entered this like this space of like thermoregulation like in the human body it was like I started the company in 2013 so it's been a while uh, from, from that and uh, first like like living in Mexico like I live in in city where, where it was like very hot and humid cities so I, I was really in contact with like the the negative I was really aware of the ne- negative effects of uh, of overheating not just like uh, doing sports, but also like just in everyday life. Like, like I, I also like tended to be like, like overheated all the time. Like when going to a restaurant or going to a wedding, like I was like always overheated. So it was like a, like a big pro- problem for me. Sure. Like, uh, and I, 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 like, I didn't understand what, why that was happening and why clothing weren't like, doing the, a, a better job at it like I, I thought like is that like the best thing we can do uh, with uh, with clothing like to really improve our, our thermal regulation so so aside like oh, oh, another factor that made me go into into this like into this space is that like once uh, I went to the library and, and and I stumbled upon a, a book that talked about like it was a HVAC book mm-hmm. like uh it's it's a book that uh, like really studied the human body on how, how much heat it was uh, it was generating depending on the activity. For example, if if you were working or if you were running or just walking inside a building, like how how much energy uh, you were consuming and and how much uh, heat you were uh, dissipating. 
and it it really like studied like okay you're wearing this amount like this type of clothing with this type of resistance so uh, so so the majority so that the majority of the people inside the building can be comfortable like the temperature needs to be a I don't know, like 20 degrees Celsius and uh, there should be an airflow and the humidity should be like in this way. So I become like really interesting, interested in, in that in that uh, uh, subject because it was like studying like the human body, just like a, like a machine, like a, like something right. like very objective. Like it, it resembled a lot of, of my problems uh, in like in physics that I was try, trying to solve. So like it, I, I just become very interested when I was studying physics and I started like building some prototypes. I, I went into an, uh, in, I, I went to France in 2013. So I was like just spending my weekends, uh, like building prototypes, like uh, with trying different technologies just to really understand how, how like we can make a better clothing uh, to really improve the thermal regulation. So yeah, it, it was strange because you, you could have imagined that, when when you're in Europe, you maybe you you want to to have, to be in like to visit uh, many places, uh, like like to to really uh, take advantage of the opportunity. But I, I was really passionate about this problem, and and I started like just building stuff in in my room in the student residence and uh, trying different technology technologies like the Peltier models or resistive heating and trying to like tr trying to find the, the most efficient way to to regulate the body temperature. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's how how it all started. Like uh, we we developed actually a, before a smart jacket that had like soft robotic in, inside that would open and close some vents, so it could um, regulate the, the temperature of the body. Like uh, I, I thought, oh, cool. so so yeah, it was like a, a, it's a very efficient way because you you didn't have to to spend the uh, energy to cool the body but just to like to change the structure of the jacket and let the environment cool down like for example if you were like skiing and you have like this jacket like when you were like overheating the jacket will open like some kind of pores that will let more air inside so you will cool down and when you were like in in the lift in the lift uh, on the lift uh, the pores will will close and that's that will regulate your temperature. So, so yeah, we, we tried different technologies. And it was actually when we were developing an air conditioner for a motorcycling jacket, uh, we were placing the, the, the air conditioner like uh, inside a, a hump, aerodynamic hump of the jacket, that we, we had to develop a, a new material that was very light, very high with very high conductivity and that would work with, with the sweat. And uh, so when we were developing this, this material, like, like one, one night I just thought like, hey, wh why don't we just put this material directly on the skin instead of like trying to cool some electronics or some posture modes, why don't we just put it on the skin? Like it should work. And that's how it, it all started. Like after that, like we had to really improve the, the material so it could work uh, with with the human body and well, yeah, that's how, how it started. That's very cool. I, I love how it's, um, just a basic need that you had that, that led to these innovations. And that's, I think where Michael and I really appreciate a lot of this, uh, this kind of innovation where it's just something that you experience yourself and then figure out a solution for it. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with Andrew. So, uh, Gustavo, can you talk a little bit about the material, the, you know, kind of the, the magic sauce of the uh, the the new Omius headband? And then let's talk, let's give listeners an idea of what the, the headband looks like and, and, and how it works. Because, you know, those of you, those of us who've been, who were watching the Kona coverage probably got a glimpse or two, and maybe some people were interested enough to check out your website. But uh, describe the uh, the finished product, the stuff that, that uh well, really world-class athletes are wearing on their on their foreheads these days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the material we develop is basically a, a heat sink, especially designed for to cool the human body. So we're, we're trying to call it like dermal heat sink. And what it does is that uh, it increases the surface area of the, of the skin uh, by like 5x. Wow. Right? So it, it's, the, it's the same concept used to cool... Um, like the electronics in, inside your computer or uh, inside a, like a, a radiator in, in your car. Like it's just like it, by increasing the surface area of a hot surface, you can uh, dissipate heat from uh, more points to the environment. So you can uh, you can cool it like more more efficiently. So we are we are uh, transmitting this concept uh, to the human body and to to really work with the with the cooling mechanisms present in, in on the skin, which is when, when you are uh, doing uh, an exercise in, in hot weather, like th- the main source of cooling is uh, the evaporation of sweat. Right. So we really designed uh, this material to to be uh, to be compatible with with the sweat, and also like to be e- even better than than the sweat, like. Like you, you have like some in some regions, you you have some certain amount of sweat that you produce depending on the on the conditions, but you can actually amplify that. Like if you can simulate the sweat generated by just putting water on it, that's that's how athletes use it right now. Like you can simulate a higher sweat rate by just putting water on it. And oh, it's interesting. It, we found we found out that like it's a very efficient process because it's kind of like bypassing like the whole system like instead of drinking water and then processing the water turning water in, into blood and then the blood into sweat and then evaporating you just put water on, on the material so you don't like need to really like to process that amount of water a, a lot of water and you don't lose uh, like electrolytes when you, you do the transformation from blood to sweat that's awesome so it's a it's a very efficient uh, it's a way way of cooling that obviously it was not available like w- when the human body evolved and, and you needed like to sweat but now that when you are at races and you have like all these uh, eight stations like and you can pour water on it like it's a very efficient way to to cool down the body so before sorry sorry uh, gustavo i'm gonna i just want to interject a little bit um to give a little folks a little bit of context and tie tie what you just said which is awesome to some of the things that andrew and i've talked about in past episodes um and uh, we we did an episode on um on uh you know the thermal effects of uh of training and racing and uh, we we talked about the importance of uh evaporative heat transfer which is i totally agree with you by far the most important component of of uh, heat shedding in humans um and you brought up a really important um <clears throat> a really important point there and that is that it's limited by surface area and andrew and i mentioned this too and the kind of the classic uh, case in point for this is if you're 
uh, you know, training indoors and you're finding yourself, uh, you know, riding your indoor trainer over a puddle of water. Now, that's sweat that your your body's generated and that's water that you've lost that has not contributed to cooling you off at all. So it because it didn't have the opportunity to evaporate off your skin and, and you know, use that amazing, you know, heat of uh, heat of vapor, vaporization, uh, heat transfer that happens in cooling you off. So um, what Gustavo's product does is it increases that surface area. So the, the area available for that sweat or, you know, to his point, water that you've poured on yourself to evaporate, really improving that uh, already very effective way of, uh, of heat transfer. So I apologize for, for cutting you off. And uh, yeah, I'd love for you to talk about the material. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted the listeners to, to have that little bit of context. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Like um, many of the sweat like that you produce, like it just drips away from your body. And like, it's important to mention, like, like, like you said, like, it's only like the sweat that evaporates like near your skin that actually cools your body. And you actually lose efficiency when you're wearing, for example, a, some textile, some clothing. And, the, and if the sweat is evaporating at the surface of the, of the textile or the fabric, and, it, and since the fabric is not like a very good con- conductor, like some of that coolness generated by, by the evaporation of sweat doesn't reach like your body. That's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. There's some studies that like compare like with different types of, of garments and fabrics, how, how much efficiency you can lose, a cooling efficiency you can lose depending on, on of the amount of layers that you are wearing. So what, what we are changing with our material is that our material is around 4,000 times uh, more conductive, thermally conductive than regular fabrics. So even if, if we have a, a, like a thickness of one centimeter like away from the body, if sweat is evaporate, evaporated like on, the, on, on the surface, like one, one, one uh, centimeter apart from the, from the skin, it can still like cool your body. And it, it's like, it's because of that that our material can work because we can create a, a thickness and a vol like a volume that no no matter if if sweat is evaporated away from the from the skin it can the the, the effect the cooling effect can uh, like reach the body like this, this will be very different like if we were like using a, a textile like with with the same amount of thickness like the 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 sweat will not. First, the sweat will not evaporate that that fat that quickly because the evaporation of water depends also on, on the temperature of the surface. So, since you have a thermal insulator like uh, and you have water, like this thermal insulator will get a, a cold. So, less evaporation will happen because like it will be uh, like a, from a cold like cold surface. So as we're painting this picture in people's heads, um, what I'd love for you to do is describe the actual product. So what, you know, what exactly it looks like, how it all fits together, where it goes on the athlete. And we'll post some images as well um, in, in the show notes so that people can take a look at it. But um, just so that people, you know, just so that folks can follow along with your explanation of the heat transfer, I think it would be really helpful to to know what this thing looks like. Yeah, so... The headband, like it has like some cooling material in the part of, of the of the forehead, and it contains small pieces. It contains sixteen small uh, like heat sinks, uh-huh. like attached attached to the to the fabric that are like in direct contact with the with the skin. 
And so this, the heat sinks directly heat, contact the skin. It doesn't go through the fabric. The fabric just holds them in place. No, exactly. Like the fabric ha has like some holes, so the the heat sinks go directly to the to the skin, which which is very very important. Got it. Uh, and uh, so yeah, the the heat sinks have like some like some fins, kind of like some columns that increase the surface area of it by by five times. And uh, they're attached to the fabric and uh, they are mainly cooling like the forehead, which is one of the most important uh, parts of the body for thermal regulation because it's a part of the body where you, you produce more sweat per unit area. Okay. And also when you, you are doing uh, some exercise, uh, a lot of blood flow, superficial blood flow goes to the area. That's why you like you you get red or you you blush when you are doing a you, when you start to get overheated because the 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 body like just the the, the blood just flows over there and and gets the face gets really hot and, and dissipates a lot of heat so so yeah it's it's a very important region and also because it's it's very close to the to the brain so that's why uh, we decided to to first target uh, that part of the body and also because it's it's a very like simple product like it's a it's a one size fits all product and uh, and and it's like easy to manufacture and 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 also because uh, if you are able to capture uh, the sweat like from your forehead like it prevents it from going to to your to your eyes so it also have an, another purpose that's that's the the reason why people like just wear a normal headband, right. right? Yeah, I'm a huge headband fan. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't like hats so much, but I will, in hot conditions, always wear a sweatband because I hate that it's sweat in my eyes. Yeah, it drives me nuts. So I, I, you, you've made a product that you know, kind of that, <laughs> that makes me happy from that perspective too. Exactly. Yeah, and normally, like to really capture the the sweat, you you need to have like a thicker fabrics over there in the headband. So if you have thicker fabrics, like you got like more insulating material, so it makes you like hotter. So in in, in this way, like it was just like the the best product to to like the first like uh, uh, first product to to enter the to uh, enter the market. You're answering all of my questions before I have a chance to ask them here. So it's, uh, it's a very good job at the responses. Um, I did a little bit of homework on on the, the band. Um, I ordered one a while back and I got it uh, the day before Christmas. So I was really excited that I had it for the holidays to play around with. And uh, one of the tests I did, and we can post some images of this, was um, just putting a fan on it and with water and without. Um, so the reason I set this up is because I had done a workout and I noticed with the fan on, I put my hand on the heat exchanger and it felt cool to the touch, which was, you know, just it reassurance that it's working properly. So I thought that was pretty neat. And I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I actually take a picture of myself or, or demonstrate this properly? And the solution was just to set up kind of a controlled experiment. So I put it on a countertop and put a fan on it. And with without water, it was um, around 23 degrees. And once I put water on it, it dropped down to about 18. Um, so 17 or 18 degrees. So that's a almost six degree temperature difference there just from evaporation, um, which is, it's just a demonstration of the power of evaporation. And I thought it was super neat to see this. Um, so I've got these thermal images that, uh, that we can post in the, the show notes. 
the the other thing I wanted to point out is you were talking about thermal conductivity of different materials, and uh, if um, well, one of the reasons many heat exchangers are constructed of aluminum is looking at the thermal conductivity of either air or water is extremely low. Um, water is well, fluids are different because they mix, and you can transfer heat through the the turbulent mixing of water. But um, if you look at just water itself trying to conduct heat, um, it's about 300 times less than aluminum for thermal conductivity, um, at least that. So it's uh, if, you're, if you're trying to conduct heat through a thick layer of sweat versus an aluminum heat exchanger on your forehead, um, you get 300 times better effect of just conducting that heat away from your skin. So it's another demonstration, like, you know, whatever happens to the sweat after that is great. But um, just in terms of removing heat directly, if you can find that temperature difference to drive that heat transfer, it is far better to have something like aluminum or something highly conductive pressed up against your skin. Exactly. Yeah, that's like, that's like the main concept of, of it, like using a very high conductive uh, material to, to really like amplify the skin and create an extension of it. Because if if you have like an insulator, insulator you, you can create an, an 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 really like an extension of your body. So so yeah, and that, that's mm-hmm. that's also why it has to be like like rigid. And it was a very like challenging problem because like normally you imagine like a, a fabric and it's always like flexible. So so you need to create like like the the size of the pieces needs to be like small enough. So the, the so the headband can uh, curve and really stay in contact with the skin, mm-hmm. and and the both the pieces can't be that small because uh, you, you lose some efficiency because you need to put more pieces inside it and then you have like some like connective tissue between all the pieces, uh, so you need to balance that like to, you need to balance the size so you have like the the most efficient. Uh, Weight like a headband. I have kind of a nerdy question, which may or may not make it to the end of the sh- to the in the final cut of the show. But um, so I studied uh, heat transfer in school as well, and uh, actually did projects on you know cooling of electronics. So I'm fairly familiar with ele- you know heat sinks that are meant to cool electronics, and usually they're either passive, you know, passive sort of convection or force convection. Uh, is the primary means of heat transfer. So that's force convection, is, of course, is if you have a fan blowing through that heat sink. Now, your, um, your heat sinks that are strapped to the forehead of our athletes, they're not using convection, right? They're using a sweat evaporation. So you're not, you know, you're not designing the traditional pin or fin sort of heat sinks. Um, what's the, I mean, if it's not uh, a trade secret, what's the structure of the, of the material? Like, how do you get, I guess you, you, there must be some kind of capillary action pulling the sweat through the, uh, through the aluminum blocks, I imagine, in order to get it, get the sweat distributed to the areas where it is, um, the areas of the, the, your aluminum blocks where it can evaporate. Yes. Like actually, like we, we do use like convection also to, to cool the body, but okay. Sometimes uh, when you are like in a very hot weather, like the the amount of heat that is lost via convection, like is very low, and you need right. to to do like like evaporative cooling. But in some situations, for example, when you are doing a workout in ten degrees Celsius or fifteen degrees Celsius, like you you can actually lose a, a lot of of heat uh, by convection. Agreed. So 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 yeah. It, it it could be both. It depends on on, on where 
where you're using the, in which conditions you're using the product. And to answer your, your questions about the, the evaporation, yes, we, we had to develop like a, like a coating, like it kind of works like the, a dry fit fabric, okay. which is like when you sweat in one, in one place, it wicks the sweat and it distributed into a, a, a bigger uh, like surface, but dry fit like fabrics are just like two D two dimensions, right? Are just covering your your skin. But what we're doing is actually going three D three dimensions and going through the thickness. So when you sweat uh, or if you put water on it, uh, the the water will uh, distribute to all the surface of the of the material, so it can evaporate uh, much faster. Cool. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, um, well, it's really interesting to hear how the, the material itself works. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, I know we kind of described the different blocks, but it's kind of a sponge or like a, a metal foam looking uh, material. Um, so I guess the the fact that you're you're relying on capillary forces as well to, to drive the, the fluid out was... Um, it's pretty creative. Um, so how did how did that idea come about? Instead of just using something like a fin, uh, instead of using like like a fin, because um, like you you like to really take advantage of the of the evaporation of sweat, uh, like of of the surface surface amplification, like by using a a fin or or something, like sweat needs to evaporate from from all the surface, uh, from all the surface you are creating. So you need a, a type of coating that allows that because you like sweat is only like producing like in the skin and below the material. So the material needs to be able to wick that, that sweat and distribute it uh, on, on, on all the surface. So if, if the material is not hydrophilic and, and can, cannot wick the, the sweat, like, it will not work. That, that's why if you just put like a, a metal <laughs> heat sink on your body, it, it will not work because it will not work correctly with the sweat because the, the sweat needs to be exposed to the to the environment and it needs in order to evaporate. So so you really that, that's what what was like a, a big challenge when developing this material to be able to create this coating that could wick the sweat and could also be. A resistance to the to the oils from the skin and, and the contaminants from the environment and retain its uh, hydrophilic properties. That's one one of the main challenges of, of it, and and also to to be washable and resistant. And uh, so yeah, it really needed to be in that way in order to really amplify how the body cools itself. And you've taken on all the challenges of a heat exchanger as well as all the challenges of a textile into the same same product, which is a huge <laughs> amount of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> uh, Gustavo, do you have any uh, case studies of uh, of your device being used by athletes? I know. I mean, we've seen we've seen them on a lot of foreheads in Kona, as I mentioned. Um, and Andrew, in his you know n equals one experimentation of <laughs> of the uh, the headband on his desk, but what about um, any kind of you know any kind of rigorous uh, 
studies where you're measuring either core body temperature, which probably won't change too much given how you know small this device is, or or perception of effort. Um, hard to blind, uh, you know, hard to do a blind study with unless you're unless you build a dummy device that that looks like yeah. your device. So anything of that nature, or just even um, you know testimonials from people using them. Um, where are you guys at with that? Yeah, actually, that's how how we we started. Like we started building the prototypes in 2018, and uh, so yeah, the first step uh, when we do when we were doing that is was like actually like testing if if it was like a a, a good solution or if, if this could work or not. So the the first thing uh, I did was that I created a headband that it was like half our cooling material and half a, like a normal textile and I just like strapped some like four sensors on the top of my of my forehead so I could measure like two sensors measuring the the cooling material side and two sensors measuring just the textile side okay so uh, I, I could detect like the, uh, the the temperature difference and that's how uh, like we we found out that that it, this material could work even like when when we have like the the very first prototype that weren't that that good, uh, so yeah, because I, I couldn't like replicate that much. I, I was te- testing it outside, and I was just trying to figure out okay, how, how can I like really test uh, like the benefits of the technology? Because maybe if I test it like in like the, in different times, like I, it will be uh, difficult to really have like some some value, some, some information that could tell me if the material was actually working. So that's why I, I decided to, to create this, this strange looking, uh, like headband, like half and half. And then after that, we, we did some tests, testing in, inside our, our lab, like on, on a treadmill and a lot, like with a, with an amateur triathlete. Yep. And we did like certain tests and like with like some, also some, uh, uh, tent- sensors. And also like measuring the weight, like the the, the sweat production uh, in, during the test, and also like some like comfort uh, sub- subjective data about uh, from the user, mm-hmm. and that, that's how we really like validated if this was a, a good idea. And, and after that, we started doing some some tests with some local clubs, like just to like to find out like in real condition if that could work. And we decided like. To go with the with the uh, also elite athletes uh, because they are uh, like they really know their their body like they really understand how, how because they do a lot of training so they 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 have like they really understand it like if something uh, is different in their training like they they could really like uh, be, be, become aware of it like if if it's if the technology is working or not like if they're like they, they can really like perceive that that value so that's why we, we started like uh, doing some tests with them and i guess that's a fantastic sign that you saw so many people in kona using your product because i know ann haug um she had i think like two of them strapped to her head underneath her hat so if someone like that can uh, sense those differences and then run on to to beat um well one of the women that no one thought could ever be beaten um, <laughs> that's pretty impressive <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a, like a, a great validation, like because uh, this type of athletes, like they they wouldn't wear something that 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 doesn't help them 
when doing uh, like this type of races, very important races. So yeah, it was a, a dream day for us when we were when we saw like so many athletes like wearing the the, the headband like after the like the transition. Like we we, we didn't know how, how many they they they, they will wear the, the headband like because we some of some of them like were like already using it before but some some day we we just met them like before the race and told them hey like here is our product our product if you want to like try it out like in some training before uh, the race and maybe you can use it like so yeah like we didn't ex- expect that that many like athletes like were in the headband and we were like really impressed by that so from a business standpoint, uh, did you see a, a big bump in sales afterwards or were people trying to figure out what the product was or, or how did that happen? Yeah, yes, yes it, was, it was really good. Like uh, we got a, a lot of attention uh, on like a lot of, of traffic to our website and, uh, and yeah, people were like very curious and, about that. And it was actually funny because like people contact us and like it's they say like hey like i finally like discover like you guys like i i was like looking for you guys like who who are like the manufacturers of the headband and i finally finally discovered you like like people didn't know who made the headbands and it was like challenging for them like to to, to find them and so yeah like we right now at this phase we we really need to like start to let people know that we were like uh, the ones that created these headbands and uh, where, where they can buy it because some some people like they didn't know that they were on sale they they just thought like they were just for the pro athletes you got to go on podcasts and talk about it right exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea no that's uh it's a great case study for marketing where you put something out there and you actually introduce a little bit of intrigue or uncertainty of, of where something came from or even what it is or what it's doing. Uh, because then when people are curious, that's when they start digging into it. And the harder they work to find it, probably the more likely they are to to purchase something like that. Totally. Yes. Yeah. It, and it wasn't on purpose. Like we just like wanted to, for more athletes to, to test our technology. Yes. And so we thought it could be a, like a good strategy just to, to give them headbands so they can try it out and, and just validate that it could work. Yeah, definitely worked out well. And there's no better place to advertise than on someone's head. <laughs> like that's where the prime exactly. sponsorship spot is, the the hat or top of the shirt, just where the, the cameras are always pointed. So excellent job. That's also very challenging because some, some of those athletes have like sponsors. So we, we also like, that's why we also had to develop like the forearm models because some of the athletes like could not wear the, the headband because they have like some like they had to put some logo on top of it so we had to to develop like the the forum units so, so they can cool themselves okay i thought i saw something like that as well i couldn't remember specifically so um if that's the case are you looking at selling some of these additional products and what would be kind of the next location on the body that you would target for in improving heat transfer so yeah like we, we we haven't sell sold them uh, like the forum units because we're still like working on them so they can because it's it's a it's a little di- difficult to, to wear them to put them on so we are working on that like uh, strapping me- method to make them easier but we, we think like the, the forum forums could be a great place uh, to cool the body because when you are for example running a uh, 
you, you can produce a lot of airflow in that part because of the movement of the arms. Mm, yeah, good point. So it's kind of like having a fan directly uh, on top of the, of the heatsink. So, and also you have a lot of like uh, some veins, superficial veins where uh, there's a lot of blood flow. And uh, so, so yeah, that, that's why we thought it, it could be a good idea to, to put the heatsink over there. And, but yeah, we are currently exploring other, other parts of the body, like maybe like the chest. And uh, so, so yeah, it's basically like, if you think about it, like, you, you can target like two, two, two regions of the body to, to cool it. Like you can target like a region when you, you have like good superficial blood flow because the, if you cool the blood, like you, you cool like all, all the body or you can target like some specific muscles that generate a lot of heat, like a, a heat source. So that's like where, where we are planning to, to implement the, like the heat sink. So as a bit of, I guess, natural validation for the forearms, I know that um, I was watching one of the BBC series, uh, it might have been Planet Earth or something, but in the Australian outback, there's kangaroos um, that they themselves don't sweat, but what they do to cool themselves down is they actually lick their forearms so that the saliva evaporates. So they had some thermal mm -hmm. images and you could see that uh, they would lick themselves and then that evaporation on the forearms actually cooled them down quite significantly. So there's... Um, evolutionary proof of your concept there which is about the best proof you can find <laughs> yeah yeah actually there, there was also like a, i think some studies from stanford that they they did like create some some cooling device for the foreign models and and then tested it and it, it was like really helping uh, the body cool down if you cool that region because it's a you, you have a lot of like uh, blood vessels over there and, and very small uh, in a very small volume, so you can really have a, a lot of heat transfer over there. And I guess um, the other thing I noticed just from running is uh, all the sweat tends to migrate down to your hands just because of the swinging. So you're adding additional sweat to this device that you're now moving faster through the air. So very, very cool idea of um, putting it on the forearms as well. So we actually had a listener question, guys, that uh, wasn't OMS related, but it's uh, it has to do with heat transfer that I want to throw out there before we wrap up. Um, and this is um, from from Mike Lynn, and uh, he wanted to know whether uh, what the what the evidence supported as far as headgear. Assuming it's not the OMS headband, which is the obvious answer, but if if we if the evidence supported uh, a hat or a visor, and under which conditions. So I've got my own prejudice preferences, but uh, I'd love to hear what uh, Gustavo and, uh, and Andrew, what you guys have to say. Okay. You want to go first, Andrew? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. No, no, I, I can. Um, so there's a couple things I've noticed that um, kind of relate to evaporation and heat exchangers. So I had my head shaved a couple of years back, and I was doing that partially – uh, this is how much of a nerd I am, but it was partially to improve heat transfer while I was racing. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. And I found I found that uh, what actually seemed to work better is not a shaved head, but 
um, having like a very short length of hair because I think that the capillary forces were actually drawing the water up slightly and it would allow the hair itself to act as a bit more of a heat exchanger improving or increasing surface area on, on my head. But how much um, hair do you need to have for that to happen? Like if you're going bald, <laughs> like some of us in this conversation, are we, how, <laughs> will it still work or is, or is my hair too sparse for the capillary action to take place? <laughs> I think you should try it. Um, that's okay. really, empirical uh, evidence is the only way to find out. <laughs> for sure. Um, so I think that um, obviously if you reduce all of the the layers, you're going to get the most heat transfer. But the, the part that you're fighting against is if it's a sunny day versus a cloudy day. Um, obviously on a cloudy day, you don't – like a hat is just going to be an impediment more than anything. But on a sunny day, if you're absorbing more – thermal radiation uh, from the sun that would heat you up faster than the, the heat loss. So in that case, you might want something like a hat to actually uh, protect the skin from increasing in temperature. Um, and I think your your body is probably a pretty good sensor of that. So if you feel like you're getting hot on the head, then maybe having a covered hat, um, something like that would be good. Uh, but typically, I race in a headband. So I like having the top open um, just because I get that extra airflow and evaporation from my hair. Um, and then I keep my hair fairly short. But uh, the other concern I have is just like getting a sunburn. Obviously, getting a giant sunburn on the top of your head is not ideal. So <laughs> no, not at all. So that's uh, and then the visor just protects a little bit against the sun and the, the bright light. So that's typically the way I go. And that's my preference. But uh, Gustavo, what's what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like the, the thing you mentioned about the hair, because I, I read some something like we we like some people evolved with curly hair because it just worked as a like on, on the top of the head as an insulator, like uh, for the for the sunlight. Oh, cool. So it it protects your like your your head from the sunlight, and it doesn't get that much like uh, uh, heat from from it. But also, like the the curly hair, lets uh, uh, allow some airflow inside the the hair. So even like if you cre you if you sweat, like air can flow uh, inside your curly hair and can evaporate from that uh, from from the surface of your skin, and it can still cool you. So it, it protects you from from the sunlight uh, and also use evaporate cooling. So I, I thought it was like very very interesting. And uh, so, so yeah, like I, I think, like it, it depends. Like if you, if you use a headband or, or a visor, it depends if it, on, on the amount of sunlight. I think actually, like w using a visor could be a, a very good way of, of cooling. Like if you can like stop the sunlight from reaching your face and and hitting it, like you can uh, cool the your, your face. So, so yeah, it could be a very efficient way uh, to do that. Like normally, when, when you are like houses, sometimes they have some 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 things that cover the windows, so so the sunlight can't enter them, uh, and in that way you, you can cool them. And it and the way I see it is that is it could it could be the same thing. So so yeah, it, it could be very good like to to use a, a visor when you when there's like a, in a sunny day. And uh, uh, yeah, so we are, we are actually developing one like for for this season, like a visor uh, with our cooling technology. Cool. And uh, yeah, we, we're just trying like to find like the the best way to create like the visor or a cap like that could 
make the, the most like sense in terms of, of thermal regulation. Well, a cap with with your with your uh, your heat sinks would be amazing for people with no hair or like with shaved heads. I think that would be pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- right. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with hair. But if you're if you're you know if you're bald natu- or if you're yeah if you have no hair naturally or or by choice, uh-huh. um, you know, <laughs> it might it might be something to try. Exactly. Yeah. The curly hair is also a huge revelation. That's super interesting to to find out about. It is right. Yeah. There we go. Evolution teaching us lessons again <laughs> it may, maybe if it was white it could work even better like but but yeah i, I don't know like why it it was like evolved like as black hair instead of white yeah that's um uh, i did not expect yeah. to be talking about why hair is curly today that's uh <laughs> but i love these kind of conversations yeah that's yeah. so interesting <laughs> that's the beauty of this podcast right so, Gustavo, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and uh, and taking the time to explain your product and uh, and chat with us today. We uh, we always give folks the opportunity to um, promote their their product or their service. So, um, if uh, if people want to get their hands on a, on a headband and then possibly in the future a cap or or uh, forearm coolers, uh, where can they do that? Yeah, they, they can just like enter our website, uh, omus.io. And they, they can place an order there. Like we, we are delivering right now for, I think it's February. Like if you place an order right now, we, we deliver for February. For February. Yeah. Got it. And are you on social media as well? Yes, exactly. We are as uh, Omus Tech. Cool. And uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll add those links into the show notes so that uh, folks listening at home, if you want to follow Omius and see what they're up to, uh, or certainly go and uh, buy one of their products, we'll have links to their website uh, in the show notes. And I would personally like to say, um, if you ever need a tester, I will <laughs> gladly donate my body to, uh, to science. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we make good guinea pigs because then we go and you know we talk Thank about you. our experiences. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I'll send you some prototypes then. As always, thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you do like the show, tell your friends, go on iTunes, give us a rating or review and uh, come back to us next week for our next installment. Thanks, everyone. 